with us this morning a very special guest. Some of you already know her. But uh, Timpy and I, we go all the way back to the 80s in Georgia. And uh, she's been a great minister of God, traveling around the country, ministering to lives. And uh, God's used her greatly. She's been here before, and we're so glad to have her here today. Would you put your hands together for him as we welcome Timpy to come and share with you. Good morning. I am so glad to be back with you. A lot of you have friended me and I have friended you on Facebook. And I can't get away with anything anymore. Everybody knows what I'm doing. But I'm so glad to be here. Came down from Topeka, Kansas yesterday. It's a bit of a drive. And I feel great. And I'm 75 years old. I feel great. And you know, I know people are praying for me, and I felt those prayers, and I certain, and my car, Grace, certainly felt those prayers. And, um, you know, she's getting old, too. 2003. I think it's time for a new one, don't you? Don't you? (laughs) I need some agreement up in here. Yeah. You know, today, you know, I had my sermon all together, and you know how the Lord will do sometimes. So I've got kind of a double thing going on here and I hope I can bring it together because uh, he wants me to talk to you about two different things today so I'll try to get them together as well as I can but it's going to have to be him and it better be him anyway because apart from him I can do nothing how many knows that you know that's a real freedom to realize that that apart from him, we can do nothing. We can't even take our next breath without him, much less do anything eternal. So I have a lot of scriptures today. In the first part of this, I want to uh, encourage you in some things. <clears throat> How many of you feel that there's more, more to life than what's going on with you right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many of you have thought maybe you would be further along in your life than you are right now? Mm-hmm. Okay. How many of you feel that there's greatness on the inside of you? More hands should have gone up. It's not a trick question. You know why you feel you have greatness on the inside of you? Because if you're born again, the great one is on the inside of you. And so you have greatness on the inside of you. And that's a lot of times we just don't believe that. And you cannot walk out what you don't believe. And you say, well, isn't that just kind of prideful to say I have greatness on the inside of me? No, Not if you are realizing where it comes from and who it is and you give him the glory for it because the Bible says that, and I think this first scripture that we're going to 
put up here, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, uh, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? He's kind of great, don't you think? Which is, where is he? In you. He's in you. What you have of God, and you're not your own, and he knows all things. Isn't it nice to have somebody on the side of you that knows everything? That's kind of cool. If we would just ask him, if we'll let him guide us, he can teach us things, tell us things. Help us to understand things. He's the great counselor, the great teacher. And he's in there. He's not going anywhere. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So, I want to talk today about what's in you and the power of the word. Now, that's the double thing that I've got to dovetail together here. In Judges, I didn't tell... Those folks back there uh, to have this scripture ready, but it's Judges 6, uh, 12 through 16, and I'll just read it. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, and this is talking about Gideon. The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Gideon said, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Have you ever asked God that? Why is this happening to me? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us. Uh Uh-oh. What did he say? I will never leave you or forsake you. But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the might of yours. He still doesn't get it. And you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat defeat the Midianites as one man. So evidently, uh, God spoke to him kind of in a surprising way, and uh, and he, Gideon responded, are you kidding me? I'm the least of the least, he said. But he had something in him that only God knew was in him, and the angel spoke to that thing. And he wants to speak to you, to that thing that he has placed inside of you, that is placed there For one reason and one reason alone, and that is to glorify God in your body. Let's put that scripture back up, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you're not your own? Boy, don't we run around acting like we're our own all the time. For you were bought with a price. Somebody's blood, I guess that makes you pretty special. Hello? Therefore, in light of that, anytime you see therefore, always look to see what's there for. It precedes, you know, whatever preceded that, that's what it's there for. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which 
belong to God. Your body and your spirit belong to God. We're not our own. In fact, he created you. He bought you. And then he rebirthed you. That's triple ownership. So you're not your own. Get over it. <laughs> Let me tell you what else you've got in you. Second Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. I always like when I'm teaching, I always like to say this. This is good news and bad news. We have this treasure. That's the good news. The bad news is it's in an earthen vessel. <laughs> because sometimes our earthen vessel gets in the way of what God wants it there for, right? But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Oh, man, that's powerful. I hope you all are really taking these things in because I'm talking about you. I'm talking about what's in you. Second Peter 1.4 By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises... Do you know only God can exceed his own greatness? Exceedingly great. Every day he exceeds his own greatness. I think that's why the angels can only do holy, 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 holy. You know, when they think they've got the last holy out and they already know what there is to do, he'll pull the veil back, show them another holy side of him. Oh, holy, holy, holy. They just got to start all over again. Holy, holy, holy. That goes on for a few centuries, you know, and then he pulled back another. Holy, holy. Wow. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Ooh. We can be partakers of his very own nature. And anytime you want to know about that, just look at the fruit of the Spirit. Because that's His nature. Really, a better word for fruit is characteristics. The characteristics of the Holy Spirit are in you. We'll say, I don't have much patience. Well, it's in there. Hello? Well, I suppose I'm supposed to just love her. Well, good luck with that. Sounds kind of like you're trying to dredge it up out of your flesh. But that's not real love, is it? No, it's a fruit or a characteristic of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, which is in you. That's so exciting. Partakers of the divine nature haven't escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, that doesn't always mean sexual lust. You can lust after yard sales. It's whatever you think you got to have. You just think you got to have it. No, you've escaped that. You don't have to have it. Colossians, no, excuse, yeah, Colossians 1.27. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is... Christ, where is he? Where's the Father? Our Father, who art, okay, Father's in heaven, 
Jesus is seated at the... Where's Christ? In you. Isn't that cool? I expected more amens than that. I really did. All right. First John 2.20. But you have an anointing. Now, the King James says unction. And sometimes that sounds like I've got an unction to go to McDonald's. No, that's not what that means. It means anointing. You have an anointing. What does Christ mean? The anointed one. So you have Christ in you and you are anointed. It's not just the pastor and the evangelist and the apostles that are anointed. You are anointed. If you have the anointed one on the inside of you, you are anointed. And mature Christians get to the place sometime where they can walk in their anointing and pass it on. It's good to pass it on. Some of that anointing was passed on this morning when folks came up for healing. And you know what? I had that thing on my wrist a while ago and I just sat there and thought, I'm healed. Took it off. I'm healed. So... We have this anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Did you know you know all things? I don't know all things. Well, you got somebody in you that does. But the anointing which you have received from Him abides, where? In you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. Now, that doesn't mean you don't need to go to Sunday school. That doesn't mean you don't need to go to school. I know you'd love to get out of some of those things, but you can't. I'm sorry. You do need others to teach you, but what he's saying here is you don't need to be taught by somebody who doesn't know what they're doing, and there's a lot of that going on. Boy, you better pray for your kids in college. Mm, Don't let me go there. Do not let me go there. Okay, now, 1 Corinthians 2.16, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. But we've got to connect in there. Now, I've said this before when I was here. When you get saved, everybody has a belief system. You're raised with a belief system. It's formed by your environment, by your parents, by your grandparents, by your peers, by your neighborhood, by all that. And you have this belief system. And then when you invite Jesus Christ to come into your heart and he comes in, guess what? Now you've got another whole belief system in there. Those two better get in agreement. And guess which one isn't going to change? God isn't going to change. He said, I change not. So we've got to get these two in agreement. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. Well, he wants our thoughts to be his thoughts. He wants our ways to be his ways. That's why he gave us this. That's why he gave us the Bible. So that we can change and transform by the renewing of our minds. And all in the world that means is get in agreement with God Almighty himself. How hard is that? But the devil's job, from the very beginning, the very first time he spoke, he was doing his job. First thing he did was try to throw doubt on the Word of God. Yeah, hath God said. In today's vernacular, what he was saying was, you mean to tell me God told you you couldn't eat that tree? 
Really? Really? Hmm. God's not very good. He's keeping that one for himself. You know what? That was the truth. He was keeping it for himself, just like he keeps the tithe for himself. There are certain things he said, you may have all of this, but don't touch that. That's mine. That's the only part he got right. And yet, we think we got to go after that thing that he said we could not have. Why? Because we get in agreement with the devil. Hello. That's not a good thing to get in agreement with because he's a liar and the father of all lies. If the dude tried to tell the truth, he'd open his mouth, a lie'd fall out of it because he has no truth in him. He can't tell the truth. So whatever he's been telling you, the opposite is true. Do you ever hear these words growing up? You're just stupid. You dumb thing. You'll never... You'll never amount to anything. I wish you were never born. You're so dumb. You're not college material. Well, you know, she's slow. Ever hear words like that? You know what I call those? Drive-by words. You know what drive-by is? Where they just drive by and shoot? Well, those people, you know, they don't care. They just throw words out there. A lot of our peers, a lot of our friends in school, friends, well, friends like that, who needs enemies? But people speak words carelessly, and they're like drive-by words, and they shoot and they hit. But let me ask you a question. Are you going to let somebody's words that was said to you, or something that was done to you when you were 12, hold you back from your destiny? Really? When does the Word of God become more powerful than those drive-by words? His Word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, and we need to take that sword and cut asunder what got into our soul and release our spirit in truth. He is truth. And the truth is he loves you and we don't love ourselves or we don't believe he loves us. One time I was sick. I was very, very sick for a long time. It was like three or four weeks. I couldn't shake it. I couldn't get up out of bed. I was tired. I was exhausted. I was, had a low-grade fever. I couldn't eat. I was just sick. And I kept praying for healing. And I called, you know, how you're supposed to do, call for everybody to come pray for you. And, you know, I was on every prayer chain. I couldn't get well. I teach healing. I believe in healing. And so I'm laying there about the third weekend, and I'm laying there, and I said, God, I don't get this. I believe in healing. I teach healing. I've been healed. I've seen others healed. You've given me words of knowledge. I've spoken it and they were healed. Why aren't I healed, Lord? I believe in healing. You know what the Lord said to me? I know you believe in healing. 
You just don't believe I love you enough to heal you. Wow. And you know what I did immediately? I repented. Because I believed the lie that God's not good. Somehow some doubt got thrown into me that I believed it was for everybody but me. I threw back the covers and the Lord said, get up and walk. I threw back the covers. I got up and walked. And I've been walking ever since. I was totally healed at that moment. There was a connection. God's love and his word, there's a connection. And a faith, of course. That's a given. But we also have not just have faith in the word about healing. We've got to have faith that, that he loves us enough to heal us. I love the leper that came up. You want to, you can heal me. Jesus said, I want to. That guy already had the first part right. And I love the centurion. Oh my goodness, that centurion. I can't wait to get to heaven and meet that guy. I mean, he even pressed Jesus. Can you imagine impressing the one that spoke everything into being? (laughs) That's pretty big. He comes to him and I think probably he had been observing Jesus, you know, he'd been all, kind of all over the place in Israel. And this guy was a centurion, and he was well-loved among the people. He had even built synagogues. He had given money. He had been a, a good guy. And so he, his servant is sick, and he, and he goes and he says, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say it. He said, I know how that works. I've watched you. It takes authority to do that. It takes authority to do that, what you're doing. I, too, am a man under authority. That word, too, is very important. I also am a man under authority. I get it. I know how this stuff works. And Jesus said, no, I'll come here. He said, you don't have to come. Just say it. The power of the word. When he went to Lazarus' tomb, he didn't say, roll back the tomb and I'll go and lay hands on him. He sent his mouth in there. And you and I are made in his image. And we have a lot more power in our words than we think we do. Go ahead and tell your kid they'll never amount to anything and watch them never amount to anything. Just watch it. But then when we start speaking the word to our children, when we start speaking the word even to ourselves, when we start speaking the word about our own lives and the truth and, and, and pray the scriptures and get that down in us and it comes out of our mouth, watch your life change. Just watch it change. It's never too late, by the way. When my children... We're coming up. I was in show business. I traveled around. I wasn't home. Well, I was home most of the time. Well, let me put it this way. I worked two jobs. This is before I went on the road. I worked two jobs. I was never home. I was at one job or the other. They got in trouble. Wound up in prison. Both of them. I was a terrible mother. I didn't even know how to be a mother. I never even babysat when I was a kid. 
Well, I did once. She was seven years old. She was in bed when I got there and in bed when I left. Never even saw her. Didn't know what to do with a child. No clue. You know, the instructions really don't come with them, you know. But you know what happened? As soon as I got saved, you know what I did? I called my children and I apologized to them. Parents, it's a good thing to be real with your kids and apologize to them when you mess up. And of course, no parent is perfect. No parent is perfect. Even Jesus' parents lost him for a few days and didn't even know where he was. You know, really? How many days? (laughs) Really? (laughs) I mean, come on. Drive-by words. Drive-by words. And so, even words that weren't necessarily meant to hurt you, when I was in school, I was in music class. I loved music. My mother was a classical, uh, classical pianist, and I used to wake up to her practicing all those old great pieces. And, and uh, I always... Wanted to be a singer, and my brothers told me I couldn't sing. And then in school, um, we had to sort of audition for this thing. And evidently, the music teacher didn't understand the difference between a soprano and an alto, and I didn't know which one it was because nobody had ever talked to me about that. I didn't know what was what. All I knew was that that song that she wanted me to sing was too high for me, and I sounded like I was killing a cat. And you know what she said to me? Well, you'll sure never be a singer. Guess what? I didn't receive it. And I was in uh, seventh grade or sixth grade or something like that. I just didn't receive it. We don't have to receive everything that's said to us. You know that? You don't have to. You don't have to. And even those words that you have believed all these years that really are not true, you don't have to keep believing them. You can erase those old tapes. You know how you do it? You replace them with the Word of God, with the truth. You replace them. You know... Jesus gave a parable about sowing seed. Remember that? What did he say the soil was? Our heart. He said our heart is the soil and the seed is the word. And so there's some hearts that are shallow and and some that are rocky and and all these reasons for it, you know, got too many things going in their lives and they're, uh, they have very little depth or whatever it may be. But the good soil, when the seed gets in there, and, you know, I don't know if I've got any farmers in here. Any farmers in here? Anybody got a garden in here? I bet you can plant just about anything in your soil and it'll grow, Right? In other words, the soil really doesn't care what you put in it. 
You can put corn in it. You can put tomatoes in it. It doesn't care. But that soil will make a demand on that seed, won't it? I'm going somewhere with this. There's so much word in some of you that you've never made a demand on. Remember blind Bartimaeus? Don't you love him? (laughs) He couldn't see. And he's sitting on the curb, eating doity oit worms, probably. None of you got that. That's way old. So never even mind, I even said that. Just strike that. And he was sitting there and he heard a noise. And it sounded like a big crowd. And so he says, what's going on? And a fellow says, Jesus is coming. Ooh. Now he can't see the word coming. Hello? Is Jesus the word? And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And the word was passing by. And what did blind Bartimaeus do? Jesus! Don't you love him? Thou son of David! Shut that blind man up. Shut him up. Shut up. They had seen him heal blind people before. And here's this guy. Jesus! Have mercy on you know, have mercy on me, thou son of David. That'll stop him in his tracks every time. That stopped him right in his tracks. And they said, Shut up, shut up. And don't you love the part where it says, and he yelled all the more? Don't you love him? <laughs> Boy, he was gonna make a demand on that word. And Jesus says, What do you want? Really, Jesus? The man's blind. Hello? (laughs) But you know something? He wants us to name it. He wants us to say it. I want to see. And he got it. Because he made a demand on that word. Some of you, the Lord has given you gifts. People have talked you out of it. Do you know why a lot of our dreams never take place? Because we're waiting for our friends and families to agree with it before we even get started. I don't remember God ever saying, when all your family and friends are on board with this, then we'll start moving on this thing. Hello? But that's why, that's where a lot of things just die right there. Because we couldn't get the agreement of our friends and our families. Do you know that Jesus loves everybody? How many knows that? And yet, and yet, over in Matthew 13, after he had given these parables, the disciples came up and said, what do you mean by that? And he said something so strange. So strange. Let's go over there. Matthew. I believe it's in 13. I hope I'm right about that. Pretty sure it is. And I'll close with this.
Boy, I just can't get over how many times the kingdom of God is written in here. He's, you know, any, can you see this? Can you see the blue? Can you see it? Kingdom of God, kingdom of God, kingdom of God. Kingdom of heaven, kingdom of heaven. Kingdom, 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 kingdom. kingdom. Anytime the Holy Spirit repeats himself, I think we better pay attention. And very few churches talk about the kingdom. And you couldn't shut Jesus up about it. That's all he wanted to talk about. First words out of his mouth. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he tells us all about what the kingdom is like. And so he gives these parables. And then the disciples came up and asked him about it in verse uh, 36. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. Now he goes on and tells about this, but then he says, uh, Must be in another place. Anyway, he's talking about how. To you, it's for you to understand. But to them. Hmm? Verse 10. Thank you. There it is. Yes. And he answered. Verse, verse 10. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? There it is. He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you. Now watch this. To know the mysteries of the kingdom. Of heaven, but to them it's not been given. You mean there's an us and a them, Lord? Really? There's an us and a them? That didn't seem fair. I just asked you a while ago does Jesus love everybody? But here's the answer to that one not everybody loves Jesus. And he's not going to throw his word out just for any old body. Get it? Sure, he loves everybody. But not everybody loves him and not everybody loves his word. Do you love his word? Do you agree with his word? Do you think he loves you enough for that word to come to pass that he's given you? See, all those things have to come together. They all have to come together. It's not just a matter of name it and claim it. Well, there's a lot of truth to that, but there's more to it than that. I so love his word. But it's so hard to wrap my brain around the fact that he really wants me to do these things. What I'm doing right now, if you'd have told me years ago I'd be doing this, I'd probably laughed in your face going, yeah, right. He took me out of show business with a messed up family, messed up girls. And I'm doing this. That's ridiculous. But that's ridiculous favor unmerited, ridiculous grace and favor. 
How many want some ridiculous favor in their lives? You've got it. Hello? You've already got it. It's already there. It's in your heart. Give that dream another chance. Don't give up on it. Give that dream another chance. Wow. And you know, if you think you've made too many mistakes and it's too late for you, recalculate. How many's got a GPS? <laughs> if you make a wrong turn, even that thing knows to tell you. I'm recalculating from where you are now. Well, he's just recalculating from where you are now, honey. You haven't made so many mistakes that he has just thrown you into the ditch and you're just going to leave, leave you there. Hello? Recalculate. Everybody stand up. Look at your neighbor and say, recalculate. (laughs) If there's anybody in here this morning and you you don't know for sure if he has come into your heart, you're really not too sure you have that wondrous gift that treasure in your earthen vessel I'm going to ask you right now with every eye open and everybody looking around you can't sneak into the kingdom of heaven y'all with every eye open and everybody looking around if there's anybody here today that you're just really not sure that you have that treasure in your earthen vessel, I'm going to ask you to throw your hand up right now because we're going to pray for you. And you will leave here. You will not be the same. Is there anybody here at all? Thank you, dear. Come on down here. Come on down here. We're going. Anybody else? Come on. Today's your day, honey. Anybody else? Thank you. Takes guts. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm turning it over to you, Pastor. We thank God for this. You're making a commitment and you're making it so publicly. One thing that I do know is that. You don't have to do this again. Nobody is born twice from the same mother. Because you've done this, heaven saw what's happening here, and Jesus is coming to your life. If that's not the case, God didn't tell us the truth. But that's impossible. God told us the truth. Two things Jesus asked. You both look at me here. Look at me. Two things Jesus asked, and I'm going to ask. The Bible tells us in the scriptures, Romans chapter 10. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? That he died for your sins? 
you have no doubt in your heart. You believe that? Good. Now, you turn to her. Turn to her. Tell her, Jesus is the Lord of my life. Say that. Did you mean that? You believe that? Say it again. Say it a little loud. Good. Now, can you do the same thing? I didn't hear you. Wonderful. Two things he said. If you believe with all of your heart and you confess that Jesus is the Lord, you are now a Christian. Amen. You've been born into God's family. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And all we have to do is accept that. Like Timpy said, you already have it in you. <laughs> you already got it. Amen. Let's lift our hands up today to our God and thank God for these lives as you continue in your journey. Father, I want to thank you for these two that have been born into the family of God. They are now family members with us in the house of God. We give you praise and we thank you greatly. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Before you go to your seat, we have a connection card. I'd like you to check something out. We want to send you something in the mail. Please be seated. Um, do you have the connection card, please? Yeah. You need to have. Fill that out and give us information. Now, one of the things, we'll take an offering from Tim P. But there's something today that I think is happening to us as uh, believers that we really need to possibly, like Timpy said, recalculate. When I was a new Christian, I wanted to go to the house of God. Every opportunity I had, I wanted to hear the word of God from the preacher. I know we are a busy society. Sometimes we cannot make it, but God knows when you are not that busy. And Satan also knows that you are not that busy. We have services here on Wednesday nights. And sometimes, because I know of the diversity of people that are going to be here on Sunday morning, I have to walk the message to make sure everybody is met, needs a met. But if you really want to grow, if you have a heart to grow in Christ, God knows if you have the time, Please be here on Wednesday nights. It really doesn't bother me if it's just a few people. But if you really want to know the Lord and you really want to grow, make that added uh, uh, effort to do that. Many of us have cars, and I'm going to talk to you really openly. You have cars, you drive. When I was a new Christian, we walked to church. In Jungle Pass, at night, long distances we did all of that you are privileged you can do that there is Sunday school on Sunday morning you can wake up I have to be bold you can wake up 9.30 we have good teachers he's listening he's watching probably the reason you are having some struggles is because like Timpy said, it's for everybody, but everybody doesn't love him. I have to show him 
that I love him. You see, God, he said, show me God. He said to Abraham, now that you have done this, now I know that you fear God. He's God. You got to show him before he knows. He knows everything, but he doesn't experience it until you show him. Then he experiences it, and then he speaks back to what you've done. So I'm encouraging you. On Wednesday night, if you have the time, be here. We're teaching. I spend a lot of time praying and preparing. Same thing on Sunday morning. If you can make it, we got good teachers here. Come and let them teach you. Amen? So we can grow. If we don't grow, we can't fulfill this work here. We're going to take an offering from Timpy. Angel, I got my... I got ready. Amen. Mine is in my Bible somewhere there. We got, the Bible tells us we should bless those that has blessed us with the Word of God. You sow into what they shared with you. Um, I, Pastor Andy will tell you in those days, if I don't have money with me, I usually will borrow money from him to give. But he never gets it back. He went to the Lord. Amen. Pastor Andy, you have a dollar to borrow me. I need to give an offering. So I take his money and sow seed for myself. Amen. So we are really sowing into Timpy's ministry. And as God uses uses her to reach other people, we are there with her. That's the way God has designed it. And it's a joy to give. I guess, Angela, you got me ready. Would you please write something really lovely so she remembers that was a good church. They took care of me, the God's servants. Amen. Raise your offering to the Lord this morning. Father, I want to thank you for the words that you spoke to us today and for these that have given their lives to you. We give you praise. We give you glory. And we want to thank you for receiving our offering for your servant so that she can do the work that you've called her to do. We thank you, God. And we give it all to you. In Jesus' name, amen.